bananas. to me in my car driving to work on Wednesday morning before the episode released. And this week will probably be the most come together, fully produced version of the show we have. I have a real guest, the first, a first musician on the show. Very excited about that. Um, if you don't already know him for his international superstardom, his hit single Mango out on streaming platforms. It's Timmy. Timmy. My friend, thank how are you. you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the very illustrious introduction. I try. I try to be as illustrious as possible. Um, you know, we are international with we, this mango nonsense. They stream me in Norway. I love that, though. Isn't that the whole... That's the whole goal, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so tell people a little bit about about what you have going on. You're You're doing music. How... How did that get started for you as an individual? Because I know you from long ago, working at the carnival, handing out raffle tickets, yes. um, a, a lifetime ago. Literally. Literally. And we have now, you've now transitioned into this new phase of your life, I, and I'm so curious to know about it. Well, I always grew up performing. I always knew I wanted to be a singer. I did several theatrical productions, stage performances, etc. I had always worked with a bunch of interesting people. Uh, but I always joke that I'm like a former child star because <laughs> once my voice changed and I went from sounding like Alvin and the Chipmunks to, you know, Lois Griffin, <laughs> people weren't very much interested in casting me in listening to what I had to say. Just people lost complete interest because there was always somebody better, somebody new, shiny deeper voice, all that. And it was discouraging. So I kind of just gave up for a while. Okay. But I had many a deal that fell flat. I had many people who I was working with who it became a situation where I was told, you know, you're not good enough. You're not ready. You're because I, I was trying to get into songwriting as well, because I figured if I can't be the face of it, I would like to at least get my messages out there or work with people and collaborate. And it was always wrong place, wrong time, I suppose. So I went through a tumultuous several years of just self-doubt and trying to find a way to make it all happen. So I started interning at this artist management company and I was setting up tours for local bands um, across the country. I would schedule how they would stop where they would stop who would be their opening act and i just still felt like i wasn't gaining any momentum I so think that's that's really hard to um as a creative and and you've listened to episodes of the show before so i know you have a good a good understanding of all the creatives that we've kind of had as guests on here and i think it's really interesting that you you brought up the fact that you had that time where it was like maybe this isn't for me because, you know, I think that happens to all creatives. And it's funny because I wrote a blog just today. It's in my drafts in my WordPress. Um, over the course of the holidays here, I made merchandise and T-shirts. And I've had a few people come and pick them up for me directly. And it's interesting to hear people give you that face-to-face -face reaction of what they think of you, which is something that you mentioned also. And um, I found it really encouraging for myself, at least, that people were 
people are always supportive. People like you and people like, you know, we have uh, number one fan of the show, Tim and Jake and all these people that reach out to me on a semi-regular basis. And it's, it's really great. But I think the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway is, for me at least, in my situation and comparable to what you were going through at that point was um, you can't just stop. And I love that you had that perseverance to say to yourself, well, if I can't do it because they don't like my voice and to be frank, fuck them because everybody's different and everybody has their own very special talents. So, you know, you move on and you go, well, you decided to go on the back end and you have to go through that tough time and, and not do exactly what you want. And then ultimately it leads you to a new place. Exactly. And to piggyback on what you said about the merchandise and people picking it up and you get to see their reaction. I think people who genuinely care about the product, the message that you are making, sending, etc., they will support you. They will lift you up. But there are also people who maybe can't necessarily financially support you. So it's as simple as like sharing something on social media, that kind of thing. For me, I know that to get to where I was or to get to currently where I am, I was in a really rough situation a few years ago where I was set to work on a series of tracks and the whole situation uh, miserably fell through. I, more worse than ever, was feeling like that doubt. And I was like, that's it. I'm just, this isn't meant to be. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to do something totally different. And then I missed the deadline to go back to school. So once I did that, like once I missed that deadline, I decided, fuck it, we are going to full steam ahead make shit happen for ourselves because you know i've made a lot of things happen for myself as it is in this life um you have that tenacity and i think that's what it takes of course especially in a creative space because um i try to explain it to people who are outside outside of the creative space and they say to me you know like don't you want something that's secure and don't you feel that you need to have this and this and this in life and, and know that you'll have these guaranteed benchmarks and um, I try to explain to people that it's not it's not like that because when your brain just operates differently, when you want to do something that you create yourself, um, and you know you missing that college deadline, blessing in disguise for you. It, it could be in a way based on how you perceive that because you did go on to create something that you know despite the adversity, you can show people with pride, which is really I don't think a lot of people can say that. I think people try to create and then some people do stop when they when they hear people push back at them, you know, and I think that's awesome that you you still gave that, you know, you said, no, I'm going to grab it by the horns. And you did. Thank you. And tenacity is exactly it, because I mean, you know what I look like. I'm short. I'm skinny. I have this big hair like people already judge me as it is. So. If I'm releasing something, if I'm putting something out there, I don't necessarily care what they have to say anymore because I face a lot of criticism as it is. So I'm basically like immune to anything negative said about me because at the end of the day, I'm still making this thing happen for myself. And I ended up releasing an EP within this past year. And, you know, COVID was not necessarily the kindest because it kind of squashed a lot of my plans. I did go back to school and I'm, you know, I was in the midst of recording my record, releasing the singles, doing the merchandise, all of that while still maintaining excellent grades. And it's a lot of responsibility. 
yeah, it was juggling. It was a lot of juggling, a lot of being here, a lot of being there, creative processes, um, a lot of, you know, quasi focus groups of yeah. people in my life who's like giving me feedback on these things. You really just can't stop because also I think more for our generation and the younger generations, we are in a spot where it's like we don't want to be stuck as a cog in the machine of what's going on in the world and what's expected of us. We want to do the things that make us feel like we have a purpose. Absolutely. So yeah, we can still have those benchmarks that you were talking about and we can still have those, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like this dichotomy. You can sit there and have both things, Absolutely. you know? And I think that's what, you know, people try to put that, that blueprint in front of people at a young age. Yeah, we're not in a box. Right, and they, they try to give you, well, you can have this side of the coin or this side of the coin, but not the whole coin. And the truth is the people that tell you you can't have both sides already do have both sides. And, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, how the generational transfer, you know, in, of time happens. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think you're absolutely right. I think as millennials and Gen Zers and whoever – comes up in the world and has become more prominent. I, I just can't see how the, tra the traditional workplace roles will always be there because they're attractive for a reason. But I do think more people will, rather than chase a check, chase their dream and then get the check as a result of their perseverance. And, um, you know, that's just, that's what it takes. And doing 15 different things at once is that's why these like big Hollywood stars like when they find when you finally do make it and you're doing an interview for uh, whomever it is on TV instead of this podcast you'll have this story to look back on because and this and this life journey because it does take 15 different things it's like living in a tornado until one day you're not and you step out the other side and you're in you're in you know you're in Oz you're not in Kansas in that nightmare anymore you are where you want to be. Yeah, it's interesting you put it like that because that's weirdly enough kind of how the whole COVID thing has been for me because I was somebody who, for instance, from late 2019 to the beginning of 2020, I was working 40 hours a week. I was a full-time student. I was recording a record. I was, you know, had a social life. I had so many things on my plate and 2020 and this stupid fucking pandemic really shifted my perspective and my values and yeah. I was fortunate enough to be in a situation where I had worked so hard for so long that I'm kind of just riding the wave right now so to speak and I like I said my values have changed so I was working at a very flexible comfortable job but it was not the place that I was meant to be despite the comfort because I wasn't being treated right, right. and when I was uh, let go for COVID I told them when you're asking people back, put me on the last, like put me last on a list because I'm taking this shit seriously. Right. And then when they finally called me back in August, I was like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to go back to something that's not going to treat me the way a human being should be treated. Right. And now it's given me this time to just focus on peace and continuing to invest in my creative endeavors. And everything that I do is self-funded, self-promoted, self-made. So I'm really able to take the time and the money that I've made and invest it into these investments, right. these stepping stones to get to where I want to be. Listen, I don't need to win, win a Grammy. I don't need to be performing at all of these famous like, right. venues, concerts. 
right. I, at the end of the day, it's just because this is what I want to do. I don't give a shit what anybody says. You know, if I die tomorrow, it's going to be on my tombstone. He sang that song about mango. Right. You know, that's okay with me because I made it happen for myself. And there were so many times, you know, just to circle back to what we mentioned earlier, there were so many times where it was like, all right, I guess this isn't meant to be. But then there's really that power in manifesting things for yourself and realizing that you can have control. And I'm not, I don't come from any affluence. I don't even have parents. So anything that I do, I dead ass work hard for. So to sit there and just, you know, hit the bricks and go hard at these things makes it even more worthwhile for me to see the outcome. And, and, and I think that's a, to that's hopefully a, like inspire. And I think that's a great way to be. I mean, it's, it's, I think the most creative people come from situations where they're forced to work harder than everyone else. And, you know, that, that is not something that you want to do. Not you don't want to have to be in a situation like that. But I think as time goes on, um, it helps give you so much perspective. And you know, so many people who are in those kinds of situations do become successful because they see what they that that could be, and then they know what they they see what they could become or the situation that could exist. And then they see everything else and they go, "That's what I want instead." And they don't just settle for mediocrity. They go right for the jugular and they want to go for be the best they can be. And, you know, as you know, that's just the perspective that I've gained on on those kinds of things from talking to creatives like you and, and like a lot of people in a lot of different industries. And it's, you know, it's inspiring for it's inspiring to share those kinds of things with people, too, because it helps those who maybe do have the more affluent situation realize how good they got it and how hard maybe they do need to work because they know somebody's chasing their heels and they're coming for their coming for their ass and they might not be in that comfortable situation they're in right now so i think that's uh that that's an awesome like transition that you can make through life and like the mute and that is, is reflected in the music you make and in the ep and in mango and like you you show a real music in itself is you show a real side of who you are as a person like what Absolutely. i do what I do is like I enjoy talking to other people, so it's easy for me to do this because I'm curious. My curiosity is part of what my what my content is. But music production itself and writing music and being involved in live events, like even when you were involved on the back end stuff, you didn't want to do. You have to put a lot of yourself, yourself, your personal self into those kinds of endeavors, and I think that's you know big in what in what music is. It's like absolutely and for me and i know that this is kind of common for a lot of performers a lot of actors etc i believe it or not like just i don't like attention i will get red in the face i will if someone like if i'm put on the spot i will become a shrieking violet but i have to sit there and you know have this vulnerability at the same time where i have now put something out into the world and I am open to whatever scrutiny, whatever comments people want to make. I remember when I released Mango last year, everyone at my job knew because, you know, these are the people I see and talk to all the time, social media, etc. 
I knew going in there, like, I was anxious because I did not want to talk about it. I did not want to make a big deal about it. I just wanted to go and get my check and do what I had to do. I go in and everyone's so excited and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, don't give me this attention. But at the same time, it's like, here I am, give me this attention. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I think social media is my enemy because I don't like it, but it is such a necessary evil. It's, it's, it's the only tool. It's one it, of the only tools available to people like yourself and like myself who want to create something and grow it and it's that's yeah. really what that can do but it is it is very toxic and can it be, is can so be toxic really <laughs> but it's also like a full-time job yeah, you know i don't is. even i only make appearances on social media anymore because i have to otherwise like i took a year off from social media in 2019 and that shit was amazing Cleansing. i couldn't care less for sure but you know now i have to schedule posts i have to plan photo shoots to make sure I have content because I don't fucking leave my house for shit. Right. So anything I do, I try to do it in bulk right away. That way it's set up that I can keep a consistency and maintain some sort of connection with the people who I'm, you know, um, who celebrate me and listen to me. I send out PR stuff to people in California, Australia, like, that's awesome, though. Just based off of knowing them from Instagram or whatever. So I it's... Got to slide in DMs. The DM slide on social there's media... There's no shame to my game with DM sliding. It is, it is the most underrated move, and I learned this from um, Erica Nardini. She's the CEO of Barstool Sports, and she's like, she's like one of those people that is in a position where, you know, her voice matters in, in that world, but she's also like a real person that I would consider their advice to be different from like a Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos when it comes to the word CEO. And uh, she does a podcast and she said that like on her podcast that gets like a million listens. And she was like, if you want a job or you want something, you slide into somebody's DMs, you get that shit, you know? Yeah. There's <laughs> literally no shame to that game. And you it, have to like take that leap. And people say stuff to me all the time. Like, Oh, well, you know, how did you, you know, how did you know that you were going to continue this? How did you know it would do well? And I'm like, it doesn't have to do well. I still did it, you know? Right. You take that shot in the dark and hope that the bang makes a light. Failure is when you completely stop and give up. So it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your timeline. There is no race. There is no finish line. It is your life, your... That's another thing with social media is that we get so compared to one another and you see someone else your age doing the exact same thing maybe more successfully or with more followers or they're they have more money and they're doing this and they're doing that and it's like it's very difficult to not compare yourself so it takes a lot of i don't even want to like say this about me but it takes a lot of humility and gumption to sit there and just have that conversation with yourself and be like it's okay yeah their life is not your life their path is not your path you're doing you, you're doing fine. Unless you're like cracked out in a gutter somewhere, <laughs> then like, let's go find you help. Yeah, let's, but, let's figure it out. You know, you, like I said, failure stops. I mean, failure starts when you stop. Right. And it's, it's wild. I mean, that's, that's what it is. You just have to, it's just moving forward all the time, whether it's small steps or big steps. And like for me, for so long, it was slow, 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 big move. Slow, 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 move. And then, you know, you anticipate and you start to try to anticipate. But even then, you're just you're just like kind of lying to yourself about like, oh, yeah, this next thing that I want to do, it's going to be huge. Like maybe it will be, maybe it won't be. But the expectation for me was something that I had to manage. 
and you know managing your own self doubt too is like like you said like it's it's really tough to not compare yourself and then because it's all just this vicious circle especially on social media and i guess like we're going to become known as like the the social dilemma podcast because i've mentioned it so many times on episodes but it's a documentary on netflix dives into like what the intricacies of social media are and like especially instagram especially facebook um they throw you into this tailspin and it's deliberate to keep your attention away from you know other things and it's supposed to keep you on that platform it's supposed to get you involved with you know toxic kind of content and that's not like it's not good. I had a friend that just did a, a social media cleanse. He did it for uh, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and he kind of cr he cracked like a week early. But he said even the three weeks that he wasn't using social, he was like it was the best. He was like I didn't care. Nobody could bother me, and it, he it almost gave him that extra confidence. Like like you said, like um, you don't like all the attention, but you know if somebody's giving you attention, you take it. But um, I think for him it was like oh yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm more confident now because I don't look at the comments. And I think that's really important too. Yeah. And for me, I would just, I, I, I'm telling you, like I, it's a necessary evil, but I used to pawn my social media out to my sister to take care of. Like she would Hell post yeah. my pictures. She would take care of everything. Cause like, I don't want to fucking deal with that shit. Don't blame you. you know, like I don't want another reason to look at my phone. It's, it's, it's a, like I, I've said before, it's a necessary evil. It's just embedded in our, generation and everything going forward and kind of if you think about it like i know aol chat rooms and all that were around in the 90s etc but like our generation really was like myspace facebook the catalyst and like the genesis of all those things i had a myspace had a facebook i had all of that so this kind of stuff is just it's not that it's even new to us anymore but it's so part of our lives that to sit there and take a break from it to remove it it's it's like what is there a part of my day that's missing now but I love those cleanses. I absolutely, I schedule them for myself too. And I'll like deactivate everything for a month or so. And you go back and you're like, why the fuck am I here? Yeah. <laughs> you look up and you're like, oh, what is this? I, I also like, obviously Instagram is really great for self-promotion, especially if you have a brand or you're trying to build something. But I get so frustrated with every influencer who like... And I'm not trying to shade influencers, but that stuff is just such we bullshit. Can, we can shade influencers here. This is a this is a safe area for us to shade the shit out, uh, throw shade at influencers all day. And it's it not is even, bullshit. It is, and it's not necessarily their fault. They are now part of a machine, right. and they helped build the machine. But I don't want to sit there and like I liked Instagram when it began because I liked that peek into people's lives via pictures. It used to be a photo album. Now right. it's like, you know. The videos are fine and everything, but now it's just so much. Tag this or post this and do this and follow this. And it's like brand partnerships and this, that, and the other yeah. thing. It's like, uh, come it's, on now. It's, it's just turned... another marketing machine. But, you know, I'm not trying to hate on Instagram. I'm right. just trying to it, – it's difficult to make sense of the pieces on the board. Definitely. And and like you said, you don't – you can't blame Instagram because what they – what they are giving to users is what users are demanding. So, you know, it's, it's in one turn, it is the user's fault. And in the other turn, it's the platform enabling the user, but it's all monetizable. And that's yep. the big thing that happened to Instagram, you know, and Facebook. And, and there's like, a lack of originality. Absolutely. People are, 
you know, there's only so many ideas, but I mean, there's still room for creatives to be creative with these platforms. You see people that are using TikTok and re Instagram Reels, and if that's oh my your, God, don't get me started on TikTok. <laughs> if that's your vibe to do those things, great. I hate TikTok. Yeah. I don't want a lot to do with TikTok. I use TikTok for my like video game stream videos. I don't want to. I don't care about TikTok as much as I should. But like I know people are on it. There's so many millions and millions of people that could could see what you do. You only need that one big shot in the arm. And it's a shame that we're all we're all kind of competing against one another as like in this in this influence quote unquote influencer advertising space to be the next whoever as far as like influencer status goes. Yes. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's wildly toxic. And it's something that um it's like the fame lottery. And it's like, you know, back in the day, you used to put a video up on Vimeo and it was like, oh yeah, a cat plays a piano and it has 10 million views. That rush that people get from that attention is like in the brain. There's like science behind it. Um, we want, everyone wants it. So it's just trying to be replicated so often. And, you know, for people like you and for people like a lot of like really down to earth creatives, they don't care for the the spotlight, like you said. And they're just looking to put their things in a place where it can be seen. If it's seen by 10 million people, great. If it's seen by 10 people, also great. Yeah. And, you know. I'd rather like the 10 real genuine people than the 10 million people who are just flicking their finger down their newsfeed, you know? Exactly. And there's something else about like TikTok that oh, go off, go off, like the I, let's unoriginality go. thing. It's like everyone's just copying the same dance moves, and yeah. the difference is like some of the YouTubers who I uh, religiously watch, I've been watching them for so long. Yeah, like uh, especially ones for video gamers and everything like that. But yep. they will sit there and lose steam as the years have gone by because of these things like TikTok, where it's like you don't need any effort to make a TikTok and to sit there and have it blow up. You exactly. just need the right hashtags. You need to be in the right place at the right time. But these people who are making like YouTube videos and it, it's a whole ass different level of work. And it's just yeah. so now underappreciated, but like, that's where it all started. And think about Vine, like how an interesting Vine oh, used to be. But I mean, Vine I'm glad cool. Vine died, but it, I just didn't see it having the longevity and that's kind of how i view tiktok but i think tiktok's probably going to be around a little bit longer yes but I, I just don't understand why i get that people are like posting all these educational things on it and everyone's like so woke but it's like why can't you just do that somewhere else like you i don't know i sound like a hater and that's cool and all <laughs> it's just nothing about it i can't stand when people send me tiktoks i just i can't I, I it, get what you're saying because I, I, I feel similarly about it. And I think I loved Vine when Vine was around. Like Yeah, because it was a cool concept. It was it like was the first time that anything had been created like that. And there was a limit to it. Right. And the limit the on thing... it, I think, is what got them taken away faster than other social platforms. I, I agree. I totally agree with that. But I also like the limit because then it's just what like what are you doing like you're just rambling into a camera right you know and it just sucks for people who you know i don't care if anybody comes for me for this kind of comment but like the people on tiktok who don't really have talent oh there's a lot of people on tiktok that don't have talent oh we're not like, we're not stepping on eggshells you know it, the people who don't have talent who are getting such recognition and such elevation right. and promotion 
that's a slap in the face to the people who are hitting the pavement and busting yeah. their ass. Like me, I've had 600 followers on Instagram since 2013. Yeah. Like I'm not sitting there whoring myself out to get more followers or anything like that, but I'm sitting here being consistent and trying to put in the work and maintain a sense of realness, you know? Like I don't ever try to be something that I'm not. I don't ever try to replicate anything that I'm not. I just feel like with TikTok, it's something that's so copy paste, copy paste. I, I, I don't. Think you're right. I mean, I don't ever see myself going down the TikTok route. I hope. I hope fewer people begin to go down the TikTok route than are already on the TikTok route because it's, it just it's seems like really an easy wild. way out. To be honest, well, I think what it is is like I think what you said about like un TikTok definitely undermines the value of other people who are working harder than you know the 13 year old on TikTok. And, you know, I think the comparison between TikTok and YouTube is really great, especially because TikTok is now going to allow people to post three minute long videos on TikTok. That's so, three minutes too long. Right. And it'll what it's going to do, though, is it's going to allow, you know, the, the TikToker, you know, six, 15 second video producer or maker. I shouldn't even call them producers. That's disrespectful to all the producers. <laughs> but all these people that are using TikTok are now going to have this bigger space and I think TikTok is bigger too because they have the editing is offered right in the app. And it's just a matter of click, 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 click. It looks good. It looks like this. It looks like that. And it's becoming the standard. Like back in the day, like Adobe Creative Cloud. Was I was about to say, you had to pay for all these programs to make these things happen. Exactly. And that's and now why here you, it is in the palm of your hands. Just shake your ass like a little thought and you're good. And that's it. And that's the whole thing. And it's, and you know, everybody always said like, you know, like sex sells and that's what it is, but it, it doesn't. Like it only sells to a, to a, caters to a group. And there's so many other people that are out there doing things. And like you said, your ability to stay genuine. And I think a lot of people are in that same camp of thought where it's like, I'm not going to throw myself to the whims of the people just because I want to be popular. I'm going right. to stick my finger up and tell them to go fuck themselves if they don't like what I make. And the people who do, at least it's real for them. And I think as you go, as every creative goes on and does these things, whether it's in music or anything, you kind of you gain traction with that kind of attitude because other people who will start to follow you will appreciate that about you as opposed to some asshole on TikTok who's following a trend and that those are the people that truly gain separation from the rest of the pack are the yeah. people who choose to stay true to what they want and find others who are of that same like-mindedness and i think that though like you i just put that into words but the timeline on creating something like that, where you can gain a whole following that follows along with your kind of similar thought, takes years. Years. And, and years. I think there's something more to it. Like, I would rather follow somebody on, let's say, Instagram than on TikTok, who sure. is obviously more genuine and true to themselves. But, like, you can see that they're not taking an easy way out. They're really working hard. Like, let's be real. Like all of the stuff that I've put out there for whether it's my music, my merchandise, like I make it either by hand or I design it or I find a way to work with people. You know, like for instance, my music, I wrote all the lyrics and I worked with an awesome band in the studio to get the music together and to get it like orchestrated. And that was all me. Like, I, I'm not saying all me, but I'm saying like, you were I the found catalyst the people. behind that whole thing. Right. You like, had to I reach found out the people, to these people and do all the work. Like, yeah. And it's not just taking something from somebody else. It's actually genuine hard work. Whereas I would rather start from the bottom 
and you know, I basically that's where I'm at right now. You know, I started from the bottom and now I'm one step above the bottom. It's it's right. fantastic actually. It's, but uh, it's, it's better than than being different. on TikTok where it's like let me just replicate something that someone else is doing, have no originality, get millions of likes and shit like that and views. And wh what do you do when that's done? What do you do when that's done? What There's happens no when TikTok ceiling. fades? Right. You There's, know? I had a friend that was like Who that. are you going to shake your ass for? Right. I had a friend that was popular on Vine and He's been on the show, and um, his Vine ability got him so far, and then it gave him so – he quit out before Vine quit out, where he got so much anxiety from doing the copy-paste, from yeah. making sure he was getting the approval of his peers, that he literally – I remember being with him one day, and he was sitting in the car, and he posted a, t uh, a Vine, and it was like, oh, well, if it doesn't have 100 likes in the first three minutes, I have to delete it. And I looked at him, and like – he looked at me and he was like, you know, this shit is getting out of control. And I he was has like, like Stockholm syndrome with the social media. Right. And I was like, he, and he told me it was getting out of control. So at least he recognized that. But I think a lot of people don't. And like his time on Vine got him to a place in life where he used that experience and that influence that he had to put himself in a career where he's works in media and is able to be creative. And you know, that's great. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a ripple effect. But yeah. I don't know what is the ripple effect when you get to 70 million followers on TikTok. Like, not everyone can have a reality TV show. So it's like, what is what is the path if you are going to go down that where it's copy and paste and you're going to do, you know, the the bullshit? Yeah. Uh, as What's your talent at that point? Show, you know. How, where is that going to get you? Like, you're never going to get called up by any of these, like, major marketing or any major career service unless you genuinely declare it as, like, a hobby. But if you are getting that much momentum, you are going to officially be put into the machine and you are going to right. be somebody who's going to be required to pump out certain things. And like I said, where does that end? Like, what's your end goal, you right. know? Okay. Where's the ceiling? And it, it just, it, it's, 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 crazy. it's going to fade. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly it. That's the craziest part of like the whole like come up on social media too is um, nobody thinks they're going to get famous until they do. And then they are and then it becomes whatever their life was before, whatever their aspirations were and their goals were kind of takes a back seat because, yeah, now, because they're, they're now they're famous on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, well, let's get on the rocket ship and go where? And they're not worried about where the rocket ship's going. They're just happy they're on it. And I don't, I think for a lot of people, that rocket ship hasn't, hasn't come to a final resting place yet. And yeah. some people never get off. They think they're on the rocket ship their whole lives, even when they're not. Like, yeah, you'd fucking... rather be driving the rocket ship than be on it. Exactly. It's always better to leave the party before it ends. Exactly. And that's a great, it's great to get into that space from the back end. And even though like, you know, it's not the most glamorous, but you do your own work on like, that's what like. I resonate with that because I do my own work at home and then I go to work and I do my own work in a similar, in a related field to what we're doing now. And it's like, you know, I, I obviously I'm more invested in what I do because it's my own. And that alone gives what I do more value than anything else that's out there to me. Now I, I totally need, agree. I just need other people to think that too, you know? <laughs> I think value is something that isn't necessarily reaching I, I think our generation is very 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 unique because first of all we're fucked but second oh, oh, of all yeah, big time the generation before us and the generation after us it's 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 three different universes at this point for sure we are stuck in a situation where we have to really reevaluate our values and you know distinguish what's important what's not 
how are we because we are not in a, a, a right economy for the things that we want to do we are not in a right you know headspace kind of situation everyone has so much going on yeah mentally physically because you know we have to work x amount of jobs we have to do this we have to make sacrifices we have to because these younger generations and these older generations they don't know that struggle right. partially because some of them are younger and the other the older ones helped make this problem so it, everyone wants a piece of the pie everyone wants an easy way out but where are your values right what is it you know that's why i left my job i was there for three years i could have had a job to go back to after the pan like after quarantine and all that but I just, I was sick of being underpaid. I was sick of the treatment. I don't ever really want to work if I don't have to for like some corporation kind of thing ever was it again. In, was it in retail? No, I was actually a server for like three years at a restaurant. God bless um, you. That's I left even retail. worse. Retail <sighs> is worse. I don't know what's worse, retail or food service. And the two of I them did retail are for almost 10 years oh, and I have seen some of the craziest shit you would ever oh think my of. God. Like I had to tell this woman a few years ago at my store to like, hi ma'am, we're closed. The fitting rooms are closed. The fitting rooms are closed. Can you put your vagina back in your pants and get the fuck out of my store? <laughs> like I literally had to get a naked woman out of my store. But as far as restaurants go, it's a little bit more entertaining because you're cleaning crackheads out of the bathroom. Right. So less naked people, just more diverse, more diverse weird people. You got to pull out of the bathroom. Right. But I'd rather work for a small business or a mom and pop kind oh, of shop where yeah. the value is there. Like you're really making someone's day if you're making. You're showing up on time. You're. That's another thing. Is just kind of like people don't show up anymore. They you don't need have to, to show up. It's like how you said about sliding into DMs. Yeah. It is a way to get yourself present. It's a way to get yourself noticed. I would rather be like noticed for being a little bit obnoxious and steadfast than to sit there and hang back and just wait for, you know, something to happen. You got to make shit happen for yourself. Show up. I think that's it, the biggest generational divide that exists is that mentality that you just described is the I'm going to wait for something to happen because I know that I can do it and I deserve it and somehow it will just happen on its own and the mentality of well I know I can do this I'm confident in myself I'm going rather than wait for someone to tell me what I can do I'm going to go do it on my own if they're if I'm not going to get the recognition I deserve and I think that is a great way to be but also can be dangerous if you're not careful because Absolutely. you know i you know situations come up where it's like you know that you're you're ready to do something you have the you have the abilities but at the same time as and as upsetting as it gets me like upset as it gets me you have to play a game with these people like sometimes if you want something from someone you have to play their game and you know Sometimes you get to a point where you can't play the game anymore and you go off on your own. But, you know, like you said, with your job, like you, you had that comfortable situation and, you know, you didn't want to play that game anymore. And COVID gave you that perspective to to get out of the game and focus on what you want. But I think that's the big transition is, you know, is that exact thing where it's like just making that making those two worlds separate. Yes. And I hate being a cog in the machine. I think there's so much expected of us in society and it's it's kind of just like and I hate sounding like a brat, but it's not fair. None of us are, you know, none of us sign up to be born, but we're stuck in the system where it's like, you have to get a job and you have to pay for this and you have to do that. And it's right. like, but I, I literally don't want to. Like, I just <laughs> want to be happy. Right. And it's just the way our society is set up. It's not necessarily conducive to happiness. So I, I genuinely don't like playing someone else's game for the sake of risking 
what I believe in and compromising my beliefs and my integrity. And you never want to lose sight of yourself. That's the most correct. And I don't mind playing someone's game if the message is good, the the direction is good. And when I say good, I don't mean like it's like I, I, I when I say good, I mean it is wholesome. It is genuine. It is beneficial. You know, and I don't. I feel as though I have at some point in my life naively been somewhat of a social climber and I know other social climbers and just to bring back to what I said, you know, leave the party before it ends. Right. And I know people who didn't leave the party before it ended. And now it's like, where's your social climbing getting you? Nowhere. typically. Exactly. And you have to blaze your own path, not to sound like cheesy, but you really have to, because at the end of the day, you are the one who is responsible for yourself. You are the one who is responsible for your life. No one's going to really hand you anything unless, like, you are severely of privilege. But what's going to, like, back to the whole TikTok thing, what's going to happen when all that's gone? Right. What are those you have What to is have the value? Like, what exactly. is that person's value after that fad is over? Like, what are you going to tell a TikTok star in 10 years from now when TikTok's not around? Are they going to be a bank teller? Are they going to be a landscaper? What is that how far they'll fall? Will they fall up? Can some of these big giant, you know, influencers stay in that spotlight long enough with the way that things are kind of trans media, media and social media is transforming. Like, you know, how many influencers go from social media influencer to like TV star, like YouTubers get on TV shows now, like, but yeah, you know, like how, how, readily available is that transition for how based on how many people there are that are quote unquote famous like i know somebody that is a busser on long beach island who busses tables and he's got two hundred thousand followers on tiktok what happens when that goes away they'll they'll still be a busser on the island because it's not giving you a transferable skill set unfortunately yeah and not to shape like jobs or anything like that but for me like i'm not necessarily career driven in the fact that like i have to go to school and i have to get a career and i have to make a certain amount of money like right. i genuinely couldn't care less i'm going to school to get an education and because i'm fortunate enough i'm definitely recognizing my privilege i'm fortunate enough to go to school just because i can go to school right so i am pursuing i'm furthering my education because i stopped when i was in new jersey i got my associate's degree at brookdale and then i stopped and I became a workhorse for years because that's all I felt like I was good at. And that's all I felt like I could do right. was just work, 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 work. I was working 80 hours a week. Yes, yeah, and I, I was like, ugh, this is gross. I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, that's I mean, lot, it's why I can live the way I live now, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. So you take the good with the bad, you learn your lessons, you move on. But right. and that's the whole thing. You take your lumps, like you took the lumps, and it taught, but it taught you not to value that. Like it took the 80 hour weeks to come out the other side and go, well, fuck that. That is not for me. And and now you know, and you're able to grow from it. And that's what's important, you know? Yeah, I would literally wake up at seven o'clock, get to work by nine, finish my full-time job at 6 p.m., go to my second full-time job from 6.30 to 2 a.m. And I was like, but what is my life? Is right. working my life? And it was just It becomes miserable. your life. <laughs> and but I'm not like- You don't, I don't want it to, but it care does. care what the job is. Why I liked serving so much was it afforded me the money and the flexibility to take a day to go record, stop right. what I'm, or like go record and then go to work that night. It was flexible with my work or school schedule, um, gym schedule, all these things. But I was still pursuing what I, like I think pursuing and doing what you love 
doesn't necessarily equate to is a career. If it happens to become a career, I think that's that's excellent, and I think that that's even better. But like, who's to say that I I'm ever gonna take off musically? If I just keep it where it's at now, I'm just getting by with the skin of my teeth. I'm making a buck every now and then because Spotify has malicious pay rates. I've heard about it. It is quite the issue. And I don't like to say this and sound, you know, pompous, but in the music industry, it is like there's guilds and everything to like petition against the way Spotify treats their artists. It's it's They're famously known to not pay much money. Like I recently started getting into vinyl. And I looked up like what an artist gets back from like a vinyl record as opposed to like one stream, and uh, I'll probably just go buy vinyl records from now on if I can afford them because it's just amazing the how convoluted that system is from artist to, you know, to Spotify and how many people are in the middle. It's yeah, fucking crazy, and it shouldn't be the way. There should be somebody. There should be some kind of oversight committee looking at this. But you know, that that you know, neither here nor there. And it's quite interesting. I'm someone who believes in sustainability and recycling and all of these things. So like, I opted not to get physical copies of my music made. I could still do it, but I opted not to. Right. Because I had a box of CDs, and I'm like, I don't listen to these anymore. I want to get rid of them. But you can't just recycle them a normal way. Right. So like, everything I was doing, I was trying to be sustainable. But what you just said about like you know you'd rather go buy the record than stream it at this point that's funny because it's going to make quite the comeback when they were trying to antiquate uh vinyl cds etc yep but it's better for the artist and you know what's funny about vinyl too and it kind of wraps back around something we were saying before is that when like vinyl was so popular in the 60s and the 70s when it came out because um it was so real you could hear you know, you could hear the artist stop to breathe and cough by accident in the background. You could hear him accidentally clip the other string of the guitar when playing the song. And we've created this society where everything is so manufactured and so, so made so perfect and edited down to be perfect. Like I do video production mostly for social media, but my big philosophy with that kind of thing is you don't have to make this shiny, beautiful product. When everything in the room is shiny, the first thing your eye gravitates to is the thing that's not shiny. And that's kind of how I deal with my creative process. Also, it's just a, a hell of a lot easier not to e- spend all that time editing when you can spend that time being genuine. And that's why vinyl's making a comeback. And that's why physical copies of things are making a comeback because it's a more touching it. It being tangible is yes, more of a personal interaction with that person's that material. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to, we talk about it from a sustainability standpoint. It's, it's not sustainable to just print plastic and print paper, but, um, from more of a creative, uh, view it's, uh, but even when they do create stuff, like I have a friend who was on the show who is in sustainability in uh, Colorado and, um, his big thing is, is if we can create as much stuff, we can create all the stuff, but as long as we are moral about how we're going to recycle, and how we're going to treat that stuff when we don't need it anymore. That's where the problem kind of is the worst. But I get both sides of that. But uh, I feel like that tangible aspect, though, is big. Big, 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 yeah. big, big. For I write everything down. I'm like, a, I need the physical copy of things. That's the kind of person I am. I also, you know, just to kind of touch back on pursuing like a career versus a passion, you know, I'm okay working just a flexible job that pays me X amount if it means that that job allows me to stop what I'm doing to go 
do this show or do that. Not that I've done shows yet. Thanks, 2020. It's been real. But <laughs> um, it, I, I, I would rather put the time into the things that I want to do that can elevate me to the next thing that I'm going to do. Right. And with 2020, it's been difficult because, you know, not everyone has the money to burn. And I guess for me, it was just easier to continue to push people to stream my shit because if you don't have the money to sit there and buy one of my shirts, buy the stickers, buy it's this, that, or the other thing, buy the it. album, just fucking stream it. Right. You it's know, the best way and to support the cause. A lot of artists will sit there and just push to get their shit streamed. Not just like small artists like myself. Like I'm literally a microscopic crumb on the whole entire fucking loaf of bread. <laughs> but they will all just say, stream it, stream it, share it, stream it. Because that right. literally helps so much because the more things are streamed on these algorithms on stuff like Spotify, the more playlists they get picked up on, the more yeah. people who see them, the more recommendations, the more streams you'll get, the more money, blah, 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 blah. And it just, it sucks sometimes because people just brush it off and don't even think about it. But it's like, you will sit there and support, um, I'm name dropping Kanye fucking West. Can't, I, I'm not a fan of his uh, by uh, any means. He's a wild man. He's a fool, but you will sit there and stream his music a million and three times and he like your money to him means nothing right. but you yeah, can't just sit the there and like an independent band or an independent artist and that's a thing a lot of artists who are independent they rely on that kind of shit because they are the ones fronting the money for themselves to get this shit out there exactly people pay for all these like art these big you know professional artists and shit like that and it's everyone's got to start from somewhere art is just no matter what the medium of the art is it is just still such an underrepresented underappreciated thing you know like i went i grew like i said i grew up performing i did years of vocal training all of that my voice changed this past two years i had to go through a whole bunch of other vocal training vocal practices vocal exercises to make this product and I, I want people to share it. I want people to give me feedback. I don't care if it's negative feedback. Bring it on, yeah. you know? But I'm putting a piece of myself into this, and I'm putting a piece of myself out there. The least somebody can do is just sit there and like, wow, this is cool. Like, let me just share it. Let me just talk about it, blah, 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 blah. It makes such a difference. Right. I would rather, like, I try to share as many artists and as many podcasters, et cetera, that I can because I know just based off of myself that like you really got it's like sometimes you're in the weeds trying to get your shit out there yeah it's and not it's not every easy. little bit helps it's, it's definitely not easy and it, like you said that it's the singer the singer or the 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 guitar player whatever the creative medium is the artist the painter they're also doing their creative outlet work and then they're also their own social media manager their own merchandiser their own agent their own financial planner they're their own, and then they have a job <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I, I definitely don't think uh, art, being an artist in any in any sense of art today, there's so many different ways you can be involved in the arts, and it, they're all great as far as I'm concerned. I think not enough people get recognition for being involved in the arts, and that's why people are less involved now than they've ever been. But also, people don't respect people from outside of the art community, don't or the creative community or whatever, don't respect the work because it's not what they think work is. 
Yep. And I think you're never like, going to make a living from that. You're never going to blah, blah, blah. Exactly. I can't put food on the table. Well, fuck off. Right. How do you fucking know? You know, like People my family wouldn't it. drive me to auditions or shit like that. I had to make all that happen right. for myself because they didn't think it was going to work out. Well, exactly. toodles, bitch, because guess that, what? Here we are. That's it. And that's the whole thing. And it's crazy to me that people can look at you and say, well, no, you can't do that because it's not X, Y, and Z. But yet they'll go to every movie, brand new movie that comes out in theaters. They'll go, they'll listen to whoever's album just came out. They'll talk yep. about who's tweeting. Like there are people who get paid just to tweet. Like that is a that is a real place in the world that you can be. And it's amazing if that's what you want, if you get there. But like the fact that people are, some people are in denial still that these careers exist based on there is an art base behind it. Like there is a creative base behind everything if you're in that world. And they're just like, no, the only way you're gonna make money is if you show up to work and work nine to five and then someday retire and then whatever. And it's like, well, there's so many millions of people in this country and in this world, not everyone can fit that mold. So it's, it's, a, it's an expectation thing, but I think it's also a generational thing. And I think it's uh, an environmental thing as well. And I think like, I was gonna make this point earlier too, like, um, you know, we're both like East Coast guys. And it's, you know, the East Coast kid mentality is work, 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 80, like you did, 80 hours a week. Don't stop, don't stop. And it, it's kind of been, that picture has been painted for us because that's the way it's always been here. And I remember when I got the chance to go out to LA a couple of years ago, you know, the guy cutting the grass is doing it slower more calculated, more relaxed, and just the whole situation. And California is the, the primo supreme example because, you know, they have a reputation for that kind of a thing out there. But, like, I've been to Tennessee, and, you know, people drive 10 miles an hour under the speed limit in Tennessee. They have nowhere to go, and all day to get there, and they're not worried about those uh, very monetary things. They're worried about themselves and, and their happiness, I guess, because if it makes them happy to drive 10 miles under the speed limit and then, you know, go get a... I was we were driving to Popeyes. We could get a chicken sandwich. We followed the lady all the way all the way to Popeyes. She was happy as, as a pig and shit when she got out. I was ready to lop her head off because it's like, you know, you're driving in Jersey, go, 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 go. Work, work, yes. work, 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 commute, commute, commute. Constantly. And it has to that kind of a mentality you really have to be strong to break. Yeah, I can totally relate to that in Florida, because first of all, you know, I'm a Jersey, Jersey driver. Two. Right. Like I'm a Jersey driver. I'm very good at driving. I social distance my car between every motherfucking car around me because these people <laughs> will, not, first of all, you don't get your car inspected in Florida, so everyone's driving around without blinkers, brake lights, or they're even the oh top of their car. I've seen people's God. back windshield is saran wrap. It's fantastic. But, you know, like you said, it's a fast-paced kind of situation, and everything in New Jersey, New York, up there, love it. I'm not hating on it, but, like, it's kind of everyone's going after they're chasing the Benjamins and it's like jokes on us because we're only coming up with the Jacksons. And yeah. if you just stop to smell the roses, you know, you can make the Jacksons last a little bit longer and then you can get the Benjamins. It's all about like investing your time in yourself and not necessarily just going at this rapid fucking pace. Exactly. And but I, also side note, like I said, Florida drivers fucking suck. <laughs> worst driver in the worst drivers in the country I ever had the pleasure of being on the road with. Um, probably people from Massachusetts. But I haven't spent a lot of time in Florida driving. Usually when I go to Florida, I'm Ubering somewhere or on a plane, so it's like, you know, whatever. It's smarter that way. I, <laughs> If I ever get enough money one day, like, I want a personal driver because I would, I get physically violent <laughs> driving just a mile down the road because no one, 
Stop signs are suggestion signs, basically. <laughs> uh, you have to be a mind reader to drive in Florida. I didn't know that that person was going to make a left-hand turn from the fucking three right lanes over. Oh my you know, God, I was no behind somebody. The Saran Wrap windshield. <laughs> Honestly, I was behind somebody the other day who ran a red light, like, was stopped at the red light. And then just went through it. And the cop behind them didn't fucking do anything. I was like, oh, are we good? <laughs> like, is this what we're doing now? What an insane what an insane image to try to think of in your head. It's the reality. <laughs> but yeah, it's there is something also about Florida that there are people who are very much slowed down here because they don't have, they're not in a rush. First of all, like everyone just comes here to fucking retire. So, right. you know, no one thinks that they're going to drive off into the sunset 50 miles an hour they go literally 25 miles an hour yep and they just pace themselves but they got at the same time people in florida and yes i'm hating on florida everything family guy and all those other shows say about florida is fucking true <laughs> everyone here like they have a sense of pride in stuff that like you really probably shouldn't have pride in and i, I think it's like a from state to state difference. Like I just, Florida's their own culture and oh, I don't give a definitely. shit if I'm being a hater. I've lived here almost 10 years now, so I can have an opinion on it. You, I mean, just... after, after like the first like three or four years, you basically, you're, you're a full transplant. You're a Floridian now. I know it's kind of gross. But oh. <laughs> it's always sunny. <laughs> I mean, isn't what was, that was your, like, that was like the big payoff, right? The yeah. Weather, I fucking the big can't weather stand the cold. I, my friends, my sister, people tell me like who are still in New Jersey, like, Oh, it's snowing. I'm like, that sounds vomit inducing. My <laughs> skin is, would crack. Cars would slide. You have to sit there and start your car fucking three hours early just to melt the ice off of it. True story. Miserable. Oh my God. Story. Ugh. I drive Uber on the weekends and I take a, I take the same guy up to the airport every weekend and I have to start the car a half an hour before I'm ready to leave. He leaves it, I pick him up at like seven. He lives around, he lives in town, but I still have to pick him up at seven o'clock. So at 6.30, I'm outside with the car running like an idiot in 10 degree weather with my shorts on that I wore to bed the night before. And I'm like, hmm, wonder when I can get the fuck away from this situation. <laughs> and I can't, it's just, that was like a huge reason I wanted to just bounce like titties out of New Jersey. <laughs> was because I can't stand the cold. I'm also like 82 pounds, not really, but I'm like really small, so I become an icicle just stepping outside. <laughs> I think it's worse when it's cold and it rains rather than or it's windy. actual snow. The wind is not okay in the winter. And it's like, "Oh, well, that's what wind. Like, we just had a we just had a storm come through up here where it was like 70 mile an hour winds. We had gale warnings all over the state." And you know, I had to go outside in that and help put people put their Christmas decorations back up on the front lawn. And it's like, oh, cool, these big blow-ups that you think are anchored to the ground? Well, when it rains, the ground gets soft, and when the wind comes, joke's on you, that thing's going down the street. So it's not great to be outside in, and it's not great to be involved with. But, I mean, being in Florida, has being in Florida helped your creative process too, where it's like you're in a better environment? Because that's a big thing for me. I think environment plays a huge role in what people – uh, can become capable of and what they can do with themselves that's kind of a loaded question because if you're talking about physical environment like climate and like the state itself it hasn't it has been very inspirational but the environment as in the people i was around the situations i was around when i first moved here oh, and the that few years been. after had both negative and positive impacts right. on my creative process it was I've been through some of the things 
in life that I never thought I'd go through right. since moving down here. And it's inspired a lot. It's pushed me a lot. It's brought out a lot. But yeah, overall, the change of environment has been extremely impactful on my creative process. And for all the times in New Jersey or back in the day when like people weren't ready to work with me or said I wasn't ready or I wasn't good enough, I get it now because when I released my shit and it was in my hands, I realized maybe I really wasn't ready then. Now something about my life now, something about my abilities, my capabilities, maybe I am ready now. So I secretly do think like everything does happen for a reason. Oh, that's the truest shit ever. People say but that. But there's no like timeline. No, there's never a timeline. And even the timeline that you kind of can understand for your life, like you can kind of see, I at least for me, I can kind of see things coming a little bit. Like I think everybody when they're in this situation has a better view of it. But you're never happy with the timeline you're on. It, you Correct. want it faster. You want it sooner. You want that, especially you go back to social media again, that instant gratification. You want it. But I think it's that's why it's so important for like our generation. And I think we get it better than anybody else. Again, is just taking the time to slow down and be real with yourself and be like, all right, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to be fucking in the country club at 26, you know, coming from the background I come from because – that's just not how this shit goes and you just got to be patient whether no matter what industry it's in um you know whether you want to whatever it is but you got to make your money if you want to get there or you want to be happy if that's what makes you happy but you know it's it's a, everything is a process like you got to trust that process that you put out for yourself and that other people will influence for you and just you know forge forward that's really the whole thing absolutely and i'm not a materialistic person i'm not like i don't need the latest the greatest the newest etc so you know the times when I feel like my path isn't necessarily as great as it could be. I just kind of like stop and smell the roses. I have a nice backyard, white fence. I have a dog who likes to sit in the sun. I can go to the beach whenever the fuck I want to. Right. You know, like I definitely count my blessings, so to speak. But, you know, I'm not sitting there chasing my dreams so I can get like five Mercedes and That's wear... Insane. $8 million shoes. Like, exactly. what the fuck? There are literally people in other countries who don't even know what shoes are. Right. So, like, not that stuff isn't important to me, which is, I think, why, like, I'm not doing this to chase money for my own benefit. I'm just doing it to do what I love. And, by the way, if I ever do make money, like, I, I can't imagine what I would need $8 million and $3 for. I would find a way to appropriate it to better situations and better systems. But Exactly. You know, like, like, give me my Nissan Rogue that I've had for the past 10 years. It's paid off. I'm Gucci, you know? Well, actually, I'm not Gucci because I don't well, believe in right. name brands and <laughs> shit like that. But I, I don't need anything expensive. I need practicality. Right. I need reliability. Right. And that's, like, the biggest thing for me with that is, like, I see people with, like, uh, luxury watches. It's like, yeah, I'm going to spend 25 grand on a watch. And it's like, what Yeah, the, does it tell you the time in the future? Let my, me know. My phone tells me the fucking time, and that does 100 different things that I can use every exactly. day. Exactly. And I just kind of have, like, I wear, like, an Apple watch, but it's like, I kind of beat my head against the wall, like a $20,000 this or a $50,000 that. Or, I know, like, I like totally ice feel cream you. Sundae that, the ice cream sundae with gold flake on it that costs 500 bucks. Like, get the fuck out of here. If you order that, you're just a fucking asshole. Like, come on. I one of the songs in my ep i wrote it's called money talks and wealth whispers and that's kind of what it's about you know right you you really things are put into perspective what's important what's not what do people value compared to what they don't and i really do believe that there is that that black and white where it's there are some people who really just want to be the joneses keep up with the joneses and then there's people who just want to maintain living you know like i said started from the bottom and now we're one step above the bottom. 
I think it's tough too because a lot of like the the standards of even like basic living are now becoming harder to achieve where even if you don't want to be a millionaire and you just want to like, I live at home with my dad and it's like, for me, I just want to get to a place in life where I can afford to have an apartment every month, yeah. like a rental. And I think a lot of people go through that where it's like, and I think that feeds into the whole cycle of like the self doubt and the, do I keep doing this? Uh, because you know, you just want to better yourself even in the most simple ways. And you know, getting to that point is a big step. And for me, when it happens, I'm I'm ready to roll. I lived on my own for a while once, and it didn't fly. So you know, going back and then being able to go back out again is going to be like goddamn Super Bowl rainbows and unicorns and shit coming out of me as soon as I pack the moving truck. But uh, you know, it's that's the level that you have to feel like you have to, if that's the level you feel like you have to be at you have to do what you have to do to get there but it's becoming harder like there are forces at work that are actively making that life more difficult and i think it's even more difficult for people who want to go set out on this path where they're independent from the traditional you know kind of mindset because people don't value it literally don't value it as much but i think it's just super important you stick to your guns and you do what you got to do and you fucking you get there you do it happens absolutely i think there is a sense of pride in getting out there and doing things on your own and living on your own i've been i mean i do have my older brother who we both go to the same school we live together but you know i left new jersey when i was 21 like i wanted to get the fuck out i wanted to get away from my family i bought an suv because i didn't know if there was going to be times that I needed to live in my SUV just because, right. like, my home life wasn't necessarily ideal. So if there's one thing I do like to tell people who are like, oh, my God, I just want to get the fuck out of my parents' house. I'm like, if you have parents, first of all, and you have a good relationship with them, stay in that house until you absolutely can't because it is a rough world out there. Yeah. Like, this economy is not made for our generation. It's really not. So stay home as long as you need to, as long as you can you know, find ways to make it work or, you know, find a new home and you just own it and then make your parents like live with you and pay you or whatever. But it's not a pretty world out there. So, but there is a sense of pride of having your own place and having your own things. My car is in my name. It's paid off. I've had it for, like I said, a bajillion years now. I just went today, literally right before we connected. I just bought a new fucking couch because my couches were disgusting and all my furniture is like hand-me-downs from family members or whatever. So, you know, there is that sense of pride, like, ha, 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 look at me. Finally I just did this. Shit it's mine. Right. You know? Right. And that's the whole thing. And I think, you know, getting caught up with all the, the tough stuff, it helps you it helps you learn, too, about yourself. And it helps you be more, like you said, more genuine, more creative, and give you that better product. And, you know, the LP that you came out with took a lot of work. And a lot of the work that went into it was because of who you are as a person. And all these experiences have contributed to that. And that's like the biggest, most broad stroke thing that, you know, obviously takes a lot of individual work, but like, that's really the root of it, you know? Absolutely. It teaches you a lot about yourself and just what you're capable of and what you can handle. Exactly. And Mango is, Mango was your single. My first single, correct. Your first single. And what is your, what is the, what is the, the EP, the LP? I always get those fucking mixed up letters and numbers. EP not is me. an extended play, which is usually like four to six songs. LP is an album and a long play. Um, so Mango was my first single. Shake was my second single, which actually turns one on Thursday. Okay. I released it New Year's Eve last year. Uh, and then the EP is called Songs from the Sunshine. 
and it's only four songs, two of the singles, and then obviously two other songs. It's very, you know, summary, all that kind of nonsense. Um, for your listeners, you can find it on my Instagram at James underscore Timothy. There will be my Spotify link, any information you want to know. Um, support your local and small artists, whatever they may do, whoever they may be. Uh, and there's definitely new music on the way, but Love it's it. just taking a little bit of time because I'm not rushing shit because hashtag 2020 fucking sucks. Mm. But things could be worse. And well, for me, at least I know some people definitely have it rough. Yep. It's tough but time. I'm definitely pacing myself and I have new music on the way. I also have, and this is actually like the first time I'm sharing it with official announcements. I love anybody. when people, I love when people accidentally give official announcements on this show. It's the best. I will be launching a podcast soon. We are recording like all the episodes kind of season wise because that. me and the, my cousin who I'm recording it with are on opposite schedules, but it is called the dead parents club. And we will be discussing everything that you would ever want to know about family secrets, living life without, you know, parents, boundaries, the things that you're not supposed to talk about that your family tells you not to talk about, but you know, why are we not fucking talking about it? Right. All that shit. It's going to be great. It's a, satir a satirical twist on trauma. I think that's a great fucking idea. I think that's great. And I think, you know, you have that, you have the personality to be in that, you know, that audio space where you can tell those stories and have, you know, have that interaction, not just with your cousin, but I think you're going to be able to cater to a lot of people and a lot of listeners who are going to engage with you. And that's going to be awesome. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm going to be exposing things in my life about me that people have never known even if they've known me my whole life just to like sit there and let other people know you know you're not alone this goes on you know we have a lot of resources that we're going to provide for people um it's going to be great and that information will be on my instagram as well again at james underscore timothy uh, my name's timmy but i go by my instagram whatever and we're going to have like a Twitter account and everything for it for people to do Q&A. That way we can answer questions. But my Instagram is basically the hub for everything. I love that it has it's not just a podcast. It's a podcast with a cause. And I think that's it's you know, you're obviously going to be entertaining. But, you know, part of the biggest part of it is giving the resource people, which is awesome because it's a noble thing to not to, to start something, you know, that's for beyond you and beyond your own you know self uh self-expression i guess you could say you know so Thank i think you. that's really cool but um that i mean now i gotta ask you like we gotta we gotta get a a, a podcast crossover when this comes out right absolutely how how are we gonna how are we gonna frame jesus in the catholic church because it's gonna let me tell you that could that could go on you could have a you could have a mini series Actually, that's exactly what my cousin and I talked about because we were drafting up like our episodes and different ideas. And it was like we, between her, her husband, myself, we could all just sit there and each spend an episode on religion and yeah. what it did to fuck up our heads and <laughs> fuck up like our influence on life. And this isn't me hating on religion, but this is me low-key hating on religion. <laughs> so, you know, like it really twisted a lot of things in my mind, in my life and the way people perceive me. So... I value anybody's feedback on how religion has had an input on their life, both positive and negative. The expectations of us by our, by our religion, you know Very, what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. I not only do I come from, like, 
I not not only do I come from like not having parents, but the house that I moved into, the my aunt and uncle they divorced. Right. So it's like they broke that sanctity. My parents before my mom died like they were divorced they broke that sanctity so it's just kind of like how's that religion going for you right how's it oh, going? we're gonna have a great we're gonna have a great time because i Absolutely. have i have a lot of things that i'm gonna unpack which is great yes. but you know i like to listen to uh i was listening i've been listening to a lot of stand-up comedy lately and i think david cross and Bill Burr. David Cross is like a, a very outspoken atheist. and Oh, absolutely. And I think some of like, even from a religious background, like I think some of what he says is sh- people who are very religious should listen to people like that to kind of understand what people think of them. And they don't have to agree with them. I'm not, you know, whatever you want to agree with, you agree with. But um, get that perspective. And let's like Bill Burr did that SNL skit and – they had him on after the fact, and he was like, they were like, well, don't you think you were a little tough on the Catholic Church? And he goes, well, don't you think the Catholic Church is a little tough on everybody? And it was like that crazy, that crazy just mindfuck flip where people actually got to see, people who were in that camp got to see the other side. And, you know, David Cross is a funny fucking guy. Tobias Funke, if you haven't seen Arrested Development, one of the greatest, one of the best shows on Netflix. Netflix ruined it in the last season, the last two seasons, whatever they took over, but... You know, that's that's a whole nother thing for another thing, another podcast for another podcast, you know? That's funny that you said that because I listen to every week Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. They do a podcast together. That's a great podcast. It's hysterical. Hysterical. That, that's cool, too. And I love, like... It's called Smart List, just FYI. Okay, cool. I mean, the podcasting game is cool, too, because a lot of people are very supportive of each other, even comedians. Absolutely. And, like... I think it's a totally different thing. It humanizes a lot of the uh, humanizes a lot of celebrities. So I think like the competition's a little stiffer because when you got like big celebrities that people want to listen to like in a more intimate way, um, it's tougher for the, the little guy to get ahead. But also at the same time, it's very collaborative, which is really cool. Which is why this show is what it is now because there's no show if it's just me. Like I did a show, like I did a quote unquote show last week for Christmas because I could. Everybody was really busy and whatever it was, but. It was it was a six minute long show. That's how long I can talk to my audience by myself if I don't have like some kind of real setup plan. Like, you know, being able to collaborate with people and have a conversation. Like when I sat down with you tonight, and when I've sat down with a lot of my other guests, I don't have a ton of notes written down. I write notes as we go along, but I don't I don't like have a whole big outline because the podcast is an in- podcasting is an intimate experience for the listener, and they're gonna get what they get out of it, and it's like a little piece of art. You look at something different, everybody. He's going to go to the water cooler the next day and say, well, did you listen to this part? Oh, well, I only heard that. Well, I only, well I'll go back and I'll take a look at that again. And I think that's what's really interesting about it. And you're really going to – I think you're really going to enjoy it, especially with the with the focus-driven um, theme that you have for that content. I think that's going to be cool. Thank you. I totally agree. And the thing about podcasts, especially ones that uh, update weekly, it's like you have something to look forward to. That's your place to go to for that particular topic. You know, so – I, I wanted to differentiate my podcast from like a lot of other podcasts because I, I did the research and I'm like, is, are there topics like this and how is it going? Like who's, who's conveying the messages. And that's why I like your podcast as well, because it is the perfect kind of amalgamation of things for our generation. Right. That, you know, tech, social problems, just living at the age that we're living at it's more identifiable and it's more relatable than if I'm listening to like a celebrity talking about these things. Like it, it, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. I would rather go to someone who's a little bit, not a little bit, who is real, who is on the same kind of like wavelength struggle, et cetera, that I'm in that 
people our age are in. It's a very, very unique time. Exactly, and that's what makes, there. that's the space for us. The creative space for us is other people like us who can who we can relate to. Where not a lot of people can relate to Joe Rogan, like, you know, $100 million man. Like, is he, does he make great content for some people? Great, yeah, love, his, love some of the stuff he comes up with, very creative guy, funny guy, whatever. But, you know, if you want a genuine experience, you know, he's that's not his brand. And he's he knows that. But if you want, like you said, you know, something that's on par with what you what you're doing and how you're kind of living, you go to the person that's kind of doing it similarly. So that's, you know, I never thought of it that way, which is really interesting because I do listen to a lot of podcasts, but um, it's a good that's a good way to frame it. Yes. And you don't want to, like, listen to someone who's just going to sit there and pontificate all the one hour and plus minutes that you're listening to them like you want someone who is relatable you want someone like i said just down to earth real and it's like a very good way to just get to know someone get to hear a different perspective hear thoughts and just hear a story that's the whole thing for me i like listening to a lot of like history stuff and um some automotive stuff and it's and it's interesting to hear the difference between uh scripted podcasts and then non-scripted podcasts. So I listen to like Maddie Matheson's podcast and that podcast is no, there's no script on that. That's a lot like what this podcast is. And I find that, you know, I get different things out of those two different experiences, but I'm never disappointed by either of them. So, you know, it's really interesting to, to break it down like that and kind of see what you're listening to. Cause you know, you're, it's going into your head one way or another. So it's good. It's good if you're getting what you want out of it. And that's, you know, and that gives the creator, that satisfaction to know that someone's getting something out of it that they feel they should get. Totally agree. Right. So we're at almost 80 minutes. Wow. We, we went on a tear. Um, as we kind of wrap things up here, what I asked this to every guest and I know you're going to have a great answer for people. What can you impart or do you feel you should impart to this audience? Um, that maybe we didn't talk about, or maybe you, they, they might not know uh, that you can that you can give them. Loaded question, right? A little bit. It's like I a have howitzer. several that I could think of. <laughs> you know, I well, could just sit there and this? be like, "Fuck off and wear a mask." But <laughs> give me your best one, and then next time you're on the show, in the future, you give me the next next best one. I think I'm going to go back to what I said earlier on in the conversation. You fail when you stop trying. Love it. That is that is like exactly what I think people need to get through their head, especially those who are young like us and want to get somewhere and want to be creative and be and be happy and be successful all at the same time. So just never stop doing what you're doing. And I think that's just the way it is. And I think this is the best time for a shameless plug. So shamelessly plug everything that everywhere we can find you and everything where we can listen to you again. So everyone knows before we go. Okay. I will make this super fast. You, you can go to. on Instagram at James underscore Timothy. There you'll find my Spotify and I'm pretty sure my Twitter. I can't ever remember my Twitter handle. It's great, right? <laughs> there you'll find all my content, all my music, and that's where we'll be promoting the podcast, which is called The Dead Parents Club. It'll be debuting within the next month or so. Cool. Um, any questions anybody might have, merchandise, etc., it's all on my Instagram. 
Uh, and that's that. Thank you very much for having me. Definitely. And you can find us, Banana Land. We are a diversified production these days. We have the podcast. There is a website, bananaland.blog. You can find uh, all of this Al's Kitchen series on there if you're really interested in that. Um, you can find my written blog. You can find my radio reel. You can find all kinds of things there. Then you can lollygag your way on over to our Twitch stream. Uh, totally kind of unplanned, but boy, is that, a, that has been a hell of a time. So um, get out there. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hate Facebook, but we got to be on there. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, engage with us. Follow us. Do whatever you want to do with us. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next week. 